0: i'm drew and i'm tim and this is the hearts and hands podcast in episode 10 we talk about origin stories and we interview naomi dable to talk about finding your niche
1: Welcome to another episode of the Hearts Enhanced Podcast. I'm your host, Tim, joined as always by my co-host, Drew. Drew, how are things going for you?
0: Pretty good. We had a really nice chat with Naomi Dable this week, and she kind of gave us a little bit of her background or her origin story. So that got me thinking, Tim, what's your origin story when it comes to creativity and worship?
1: Yeah, for me, it was when I was growing up. I was a part of a very traditional style church, so we definitely had our Oregon that the church was led by and then we had choirs and I always loved being a part of choirs when I was in elementary school and middle school and even high school and college but when I started to realize that there was something beyond choir when there was an opportunity for that when it comes to church I my senior year of high school I actually picked up a guitar for the first time with the intention of teaching myself to play so that I could play worship music so I I bought a very simple like learn, praise, and worship guitar in 12 weeks type book. But I didn't even start at the beginning. I started at the end. It just had a chord chart. And I started picking up uh, these chords and, and just learning. For my, my intention was to just kind of be a cover artist. I could play all these other people's songs and, and help enrich people through worship. And in doing so, I learned a lot about myself as an artist, actually. And one of the things I learned is I enjoy creating as much as I enjoy producing. And that's what got me into songwriting for the first time. And I'll be honest, the first few songs I wrote were were not good. Um, <laughs> but to be to be fair, something that actually encouraged me the most was I shared I had an opportunity to share a few of my original songs with a group of pastors and teachers that were gathered at our house for a Christmas party. My dad was a local uh, elementary school principal, and we always had a a Christmas type party for other pastors and teachers in the area. And I came out and played a few songs, and they were very encouraging about it, which was cool. And that actually progressed even further to the point where the pastor at my church had us sing one of my songs during a worship service. And I think that was the coolest thing. And I know one of the things that comes up a lot on this podcast is permission to try, but it was permission to do. And when When I had this group singing with me and I saw the lyrics to my song in the back of the bulletin and the copyright date on the bottom with my name on it, I had people that were very, very encouraging. And a lot of that stemmed, too, from my uh, elementary school music teacher, who she also uh, was a composer. She wrote songs all the time that were for specific church events. And seeing that this is something that I maybe can do to benefit and bless the church, that was just a really cool experience for me to get to. To see where I've come and how far I've come and, and the skills that I had now with the experiences. I wasn't actually part of a worship band until uh, two years into my teaching job down in Miami. And ever since then, it's just been a roller coaster and, and learning and and growing. So I don't know. That's probably a little bit different story than you have, but I'd love to hear it.
0: Yeah. So growing up, I always loved like listening to music, but I hated playing music. My parents, you know, forced me to take piano lessons when I was in like second and third grade. And eventually, they let me quit. And then in fifth grade, they put me in junior choir and I started learning to play the trombone and was part of the Wisco band and everything. Hated it, hated it. Eventually, they let me quit choir too, but I had to keep playing trombone and I played it all through high school. When I got to high school, I had this life changing moment where I heard ska music for the first time. For those of you who don't know, ska music is a, a genre of music that kind of came out of Jamaica. It shares some similarities to like reggae, but it's usually a little more upbeat. There's lots of of horns like trumpets and trombones and saxophones and things like that. Very upbeat. It's it's meant for dancing and things like that. And I heard this record by a band called Catch-22 and it just changed my life. Like this was music that you could play on a trombone that was really really cool and so i started like getting more invested in music then and then around the same time uh my family was a core group family for a mission congregation in waukesha wisconsin and my dad was kind of the de facto worship coordinator he was the only one who was really terribly musical and being a part of a new mission like that, we got into some newer Christian music, some stuff I hadn't been to ex- exposed to before, and my dad bought a new guitar. He had had one from back when he was a teenager, but it was old and warped and everything. So he bought a new guitar so that we could start using it in worship, and this was right around the same time that I got into ska music, and so I, then I wanted to learn to play guitar so that I could learn to play ska music. And then once I learned to play guitar, I wanted to learn how to write ska music. And once I started doing that, I also got involved playing it in church, too. And as I got more involved with writing music, I wrote some songs for church, and they were gracious enough to let like a 17-year-old kid play a song he wrote in church, which was really cool. And I started getting more involved in the planning part of church. Like I said, my dad was kind of the worship coordinator, so I could just kind of, kind of bug him and be like, Hey dad, can I pick one of the songs this week? Hey dad, can I pick all of the songs this week? Hey dad, can I like, you don't even have to play this week. I've got music taken care of. Just let me do it. And he just gave me more and more permission, like you said. And that was really cool. And then I got to college, was involved in lots of different bands there, wrote a lot of music then. Um, not, not too much. Of it was for use in, in worship, but I wrote a ton and met a lot of people. And that's, you know, where I met Kent, which is the reason I'm down here at Illumin right now, because he introduced me to the opportunity that was down here to do worship music. And I've just kind of, like you said, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. That's kind of my origin story, if you will.
1: Well, I think hearing a little bit of people's backgrounds is always a great thing. And talking with new people is great. And uh, in this interview, Naomi gets to share a bit of her background and and the way that she really found her niche and what she's most comfortable with. Let's get to that interview now. Today, we're excited to welcome Naomi Dable to the podcast. Welcome, Naomi.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: For those listening, could you tell a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do?
2: Yeah, um, I'm Naomi Dable. I'm a hand letterer and graphic designer and the owner of Naomi Paper Company, which is My business, which features art prints, greeting cards, small gifts, and things like that, that all feature my hand lettering and illustrations underneath that umbrella of Naomi Paper Company there's I kind of have a number of facets to the business so there's the products that I sell there's also digital resources for churches like sermon series art and promotional graphics that are usually based off of the contract work that I do for other churches and ministries so I'm a member at Victor of the Lamb in Franklin and I've been doing work for them for a few years now and then I also do some work for Divine Savior down in Florida.
0: Awesome. Just looking through some of the products on your website and everything, even though you have several different types of products like you were just talking about, it feels like they all sort of fall into the same sort of niche. Could you talk a little bit about how you how you found that or was there a lot of trial and error or is it just something you always wanted to do? Uh,
2: yeah. So I guess I would call hand lettering definitely my niche. So I'm a graphic designer, which Helps me take my hand lettering from something on a piece of paper to the products that I sell. So with InDesign, I always kind of, when I first stumbled into it, I guess I would missed drawing and kind of the handmade quality within that. And so that's kind of what led me to lettering along the way, was just looking for that handmade quality and finding something where I really enjoyed the process as much if not more than the final piece that it created at the end.
0: Have you found with particularly lettering, how, how is it different or more unique than other types of visual design?
2: Right. Um, the thing that I love most about lettering is that I think you can incorporate a lot more meaning into it than just typing a font on your computer that like almost anyone could find. And fonts and like typefaces, they do carry a lot of meaning and each one kind of says a different message. But with lettering, you can just make something completely unique. You can totally take whatever the single quote or word is and infuse that meaning with the way that you do letter it. And it also just has that handmade look where I feel like even in this growing digital age, I guess you could say, I think we still really crave that connection um, that I think lettering really brings to the table.
0: You mentioned that you can convey different things rather than just using a font. You can convey a different message or a different meaning Mm -hmm. by doing hand lettering. Could you talk a little bit about your process and how do you go about trying to convey that meaning through your lettering?
2: Yeah, I think it can be different each time. I guess when I'm lettering maybe scripture like for the art prints that I sell, it can kind of happen in a number of ways where I kind of see or find a lettering style that I'm really drawn to and I can kind of search for maybe a verse that I feel like matches that. Um, Other times, like as I'm reading scripture, I'll see a verse and kind of instantly understand or instantly kind of get a, a vision of kind of how I picture the lettering style to be. I think it's really useful for things like in sermon series art when you just have like a very short number of words and you just have this one image that's supposed to convey meaning for an entire series that you're trying to tell. Um, So the most meaning that you can pack into that, the better. So right now we're doing a series called Let's Be Real. And so I really try to emphasize the, the, like the word real and making that as kind of hand-drawn as possible to kind of emphasize that meaning of real people's lives, real people's struggles and things like that. So I usually go through a number of sketches. I'll start out just kind of sketching things in pen. It's something I've learned that you can't erase it. And so sometimes I like to call happy accidents happen along the way. Something I didn't really mean to draw in a certain way ends up kind of catching my eye and being that stronger element that I end up going with. So I usually sketch out a number of ideas, look back on the ones that really stick out and I think hone in that meaning that I'm going for and then kind of trace over those still by hand for a while before I end up scanning in what I've drawn and to add color and things like that on the computer.
0: Taking what for some people might just be like a hobby of lettering and things like that. What was the process like for you to transform that into an actual business?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like a lot of people hear of graphic design as a career, but kind of this niche of hand lettering, you don't hear as much. And it's been really fun, I guess. It started, I used to just make hand lettering as a hobby. I would just post it on Instagram, basically. And I eventually got invited to be a part of a show on campus. I went to UW-Milwaukee. They had a gallery show called Art and Faith. So it was different artists of all different faith backgrounds and how their faith influenced their art. And so I was invited to represent the Christian faith because someone had known about the lettering that I've been posting on Instagram. And so I ended up making prints from those pieces I had posted to share at this gallery so all of my early work is all squares from when you could only (laughs) post squares on Instagram. Um, so it's, I was kind of funny at that show. I had people, some people bought my work there and then kept asking me if I sold prints of it. And so eventually I first set up an Etsy shop. That was how I got started. It was kind of the easiest way to get started. You didn't need, need to know how to design a website or anything and selling my work there. It wasn't a lot of, selling my work, but just through sharing the pieces I was sharing on Instagram and social media, some other companies kind of, I guess that caught the attention of some other companies that wanted to hire me to make their own social media graphics. And one of those companies I had an internship with is She Reads Truth. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I interned for them, this is almost three years ago now. And that was kind of when I was more opened up to this idea of it really being a job because I was kind of working under their hand letterer. Like she was a graphic designer, but her title was hand letterer and seeing how much they really valued that handmade quality and the meaning that lettering can convey. And so I was doing social media graphics for them, among some other work. So, yeah, social media graphics, I guess, were where it started as more freelance and making a bit more money in that area as like a career. And then from there, just the more I was lettering, the more I was. I guess refining that skill and creating more products and uh, gaining more momentum on social media to share those products and sell them. And also at the same time, slowly doing more and more work for my church, Victor the Lamb, and seeing how, I guess initially I was just doing it volunteer and it was really fun seeing my skills grow in that and seeing how valuable it can be, especially in a church setting.
1: You mentioned earlier that like when you work with a pen, for example, you don't really have an eraser. Uh, Do you usually start with a pen or a marker, or have you done stuff where you do pencil first? Uh, I guess, what's your process when it comes to that?
2: I almost always start in pen for that reason, like not letting myself erase things, because then you can kind of get hyper-focused on one idea, trying to perfect it before you've really explored any other ideas. And sometimes the first idea I have is the one I go with, but not always, so I always think it's good to... Explore a variety of ideas. And then usually my next step is pencil. That way I can erase things and refine them and try to perfect them to an extent. And so after I finish kind of a more refined drawing in pencil, I usually trace over that again in like a dark marker or a dark pen, something that has a lot of contrast on the paper. That way it can scan in easily. I say scan, I just use my phone really to take a picture of whatever I drew. So it usually starts out black and white. Then I bring it into my computer and use Illustrator or Photoshop to add color and further manipulate it.
1: Well, Naomi, it's been great talking to you and definitely awesome to hear about your your work, your hand lettering, your process. For those who want to see some more of your work or uh, maybe get to know a little bit more about you, is there anywhere that we can point them to?
2: Yeah, so you can find all of my Products at NaomiPaperCo.com. You can also find me on Instagram at NaomiPaperCo and Facebook. I usually share. I do a lot of live shows where I'm selling my work at different craft shows. I always put that information on my Facebook page, which is at Naomi Paper Company. And then for your listeners, you guys can use the code heartsandhands, and Hands, all one word, at NaomiPaperCo.com to get 15% off your order through the end of March.
1: Well, it's very generous. Thanks for doing that.
2: Of course.
0: Thanks for coming on, Amy. Thank you. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you'd like to reach out to us with questions or guests you'd like to hear from, you can do so at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on all social media platforms at
1: Wells Creatives. And be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. There you can gain instant access to bonus features and uncut episodes. We appreciate all the support.